And a good Sunday afternoon to everyone. Jack Chris here with the Now See Here solo recording on this Sunday afternoon. Probably watching football. I'm giving myself a break from it because the Vikings are being beaten by the Packers, and I don't want to even know about that. <clears throat> uh, today, of course, before we get started, uh, thanks as always to the sponsors, Joe T's Fine Wine and Spirits, SettleMyCase.com, We've got the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, Merit Media, CC's Coffee House, Hometown Lenders Mississippi, and many others out there that we appreciate very much, including Dr. Michael Sanders, Face Value Health, and others that we want to, at some point, do individual shows about and with, with some of the executives. But today's topic, <clears throat> excuse me, came to me while I was jogging this morning. Running has become jogging, has become walking as I get older, but it's still exercise. And that is the concept of the bleeding heart libertarian, which is really in a sense what I consider myself to be. Uh, you may ask, how can a libertarian be a bleeding heart? Isn't that term reserved for liberals, the bleeding heart liberals who take pity on everything and everybody? I don't think pity should be the exclusive domain of any one political party. Here's the difference. I'm going to talk, uh, address this subject as an objective person, as, as objective as I can be, like I'm in a you know, courtroom and I'm a lawyer. Uh, liberals, for the most part, are very broad in their concern for mankind and their compassion. By that I mean they look at man as a whole, or African-Americans, or transgender people, or groups that they think have been either victimized or deserve special uh, compensation or attention or legal protection. Uh, usually, not always, usually the case is our liberal friends, progress progressive friends who are compassionate, the bleeding heart liberal that I've referred to earlier, referenced earlier, they're concerned about the group, you know, the disadvantaged, the disabled. Conservatives and libertarians also to a certain degree tend to focus more on individual cases of hardship. For example, in a church. Uh, now churches, of course, give, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, aid and comfort to groups, but Usually, conservatives, libertarians, and, and religious groups tend to look at individual people, like members of the flock, or a neighbor, or a friend, or a family member, and tend to base their assistance or help or guidance on that one person's individual case. This leads to a political conundrum or dilemma, because liberals and progressives, progressives traditionally fight for legislation to protect or aid a certain disadvantaged group, disadvantaged in their eyes. And usually they are. Uh, and I'll get to that in just a minute. But they look for laws. They look for uh, redressing a situation through legislation. Uh, conservatives tend to believe more in private charity as do libertarians, but especially conservatives. They believe in churches, private organizations, Salvation Army, uh, Red Cross, groups like that to help 
and comfort people because there's no taxpayer money involved and there's no legal force involved or legislation, which is not the case when progressives want to take care of people. Libertarians, by and large, have left the argument of helping people alone because they consider it secondary. A lot of that is due to Ayn Rand and her uh, condemnation of altruism and her uh, uh, glorification of the virtue of rational selfishness, not just run over people, but rational selfishness, which, which is an interesting ethical concept, but in another show, or needs to be covered in another show. Libertarians tend to say, all right, look, we're going to argue for a free market. And because we do so, the free market, by its nature and by the results of the free market, if it is put into place, will necessarily economically help poor people, disadvantaged people, uh, any status of any group or community because these people are able to keep their money. They don't have as many regulations to go up against. And more charity money is freed up because there's less or no taxation. So people can help others. Now, the lines are blurred with all three political positions. Uh, liberals, again, look at groups, not individual cases. Conservatives tend to do that a little bit as well. Libertarians, and to their credit, I think this is good, they look at individual cases of misery or discomfort because let's say in the liberal tradition there may be thousands of people who are drug addicts and the liberals progressives instantly want to help them all of them with legislation or you know uh, some type of government program that does not take into account how each individual addict became addicted in the first place were they told not to take a certain drug and they continued to do so? Was it, uh, you know, through, uh, I hate to say by design, but was it because they enjoyed getting high and wanted to keep taking medication? The libertarians and conservatives tend to look at each individual case and say, all right, this person knew better, and yet they continue to go down this road, which they knew would lead to disaster. Whereas this person actually tried rehab, they tried to talk to counselors, they tried going to the clergy, they tried doing whatever they could do, and they could not get over their addiction. And I'm just using addiction as a problem, as a specific problem. So the libertarian then is more apt to help that individual person who through no, no fault of their own is in the situation they're in and wants to help themselves and is proven to want to help themselves. In the liberal progressive scheme, it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. As long as there is a problem, we need a law or taxation, increase in taxation to fund a program to correct that problem. Individual cases don't matter. It doesn't matter how, again, I'm using the addiction scenario, it doesn't matter how the person got addicted, how many times they've been told not to take a certain medication, how many times they've gone through rehab and they just keep going over and over, they go through a you know, Charlie Sheen revolving door. We have to help that person on the same moral level that we have to help the person who perhaps broke an arm, a leg, and got addicted through really no fault of their own. Uh, that's the difference. That's why I've always supported a libertarian view of charity and why I call myself a bleeding heart libertarian. Again, libertarians sometimes 
are not as, they don't come across as compassionate because, again, they don't look at the whole group, they look at individuals, and they believe that economics can best remedy societal problems. But, you know, it's like libertarians can go the other way, too. They can just hate the government and despise public schools and despise those people, the bureaucrats that work in public schools, for example. And I don't feel that way. I don't despise government employees because they work for the government, as some libertarians do. I mean, some of my greatest mentors were from public schools. Uh, Government-run schools. I can't dislike a person because they work for a government entity. And that's where my individual, individuality or individualism uh, comes in because I tend to or want to look at everybody as an individual case and not as a collective or part of a group that I either like or I dislike. Uh, to me, that's, that's a logical fallacy. I forget which one because it's been a while since I was in David Mangum's Logic 101 class and I haven't read a logic textbook in 20 years <clears throat> on my own. But I just wanted to bring this out today, kind of talk about some points I've been thinking about and, and that I was thinking about and trying to distill in my mind as I exercise this morning, which is why I call myself a bleeding heart libertarian. I do want to help people. I've seen suffering. I've suffered. I think the best way to do that, though, is to free up money in a free market and allow people to help themselves and allow others more opportunity and uh, resources to help others. I think when you just throw a welfare blanket, a net over a group of people and say, here, we might help you, we might help you, whatever, it doesn't matter. We can't count you as individuals. We're just throwing out a blanket. We're saying, hey, we're, we're compassionate. We are the party of compassion because we are throwing out this huge net that is paid for through taxation and we know will help. Even if statistics uh, come back and say and prove that the plan might not help, the plans continue. How many government programs get rolled back? I'm not saying that all government programs are bad necessarily. I don't believe in the premise that many of them are built upon. Let me rephrase. I guess I, I should say government programs have helped people. Of course. Of course they have. They've helped the people who want to help themselves. And that goes back to my libertarian argument. But those who don't want to help themselves, too often they get at the teat of government largesse and they stay there. In the libertarian scheme, if you get help and you still can't make it, well, you've got to keep trying. You've got to keep trying. And look for private charity or look for private help or private assistance. So, but having said all that, <laughs> and it's a lot, and it's all unscripted and spontaneous as the show uh, tends to be, especially the solo show, I do consider myself a bleeding heart libertarian because I don't look at groups and dislike them because they're part of a group. Uh, and by the same token, I don't look at groups and say, oh, well, they all suffer from dis disability or disadvantage, so we have to take care of all of them regardless of the circumstance that got them there in the first place. So that's that lesson. How about that? I hope you've enjoyed the conversation, or at least it gives you something to think about. It gives me something to think about. I think most people are good at heart. Uh, I think most people do want to help those who are down, who have been downtrodden. Uh, I do believe that the modern system has displaced a lot of people. I blame that not on the free market. 
I blame that on the misuse of the free market, crony capitalism, and those who take the money that they usually gain at government expense through massive lobbying and favoritism and do what they will with the money and leave the middle class and the lower class behind. Because I know of too many people who work their butts off every day, but they're not connected and they struggle and they can't seem to get it. And it's like a a well-known guy told me once, a business publisher, he said, you know, like I owe the bank $2 million. So I've got them by the short hairs. But you take some poor schmuck who owes a car note or $100 to the bank, the utility company or whatever, they're going to get their lights cut off and their car repossessed. And that's just not fair. I do believe, I mean, the rules are there. They're in place. I understand that. The people know that going in. But when you see multi-millionaires, wealthy people, who are in debt up to their eyeballs too, but because they're so much in debt, the bank has to be, or, or the lender has to treat them with kid gloves because they want their millions back. The same can't be said for the poor schmuck who owes 50 or 100 or $1,000. So there's a lot of gray area. We'll talk about this one day with a professional philosopher or sociologist. I'd love to get Charles Murray on and interview him again and uh, get into that. In the meantime, have a good afternoon. Thank you so much for listening to Now See Here. Uh, We have now been recognized by Anchor uh, as having enough listens to get national sponsors. And Spotify is one of our national sponsors, and I am so pleased to have them on board. We'll see fruit from that eventually. I also uh, advocate or or would (laughs) advocate, I want you to please, if you're uh, if your spirit moves you to donate, contribute to the web, uh, our web page uh, for the podcast, anchor.fm slash now C-H-E-A-R. And we'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it a lot. And so would Roddy Merritt, my producer. Finally, I have to confess, I did something before this podcast that is a cardinal rule. You don't do this before you go on the air in a broadcast. And I never drink carbonated beverages, or rarely. But I had a Coke in the house that I keep for my daughter, and I actually had a little glass of Coke. You're not supposed to do that before you go on the air. You know why? Because Coke is carbonated and you might belch on the air. And if you don't have a silent button, and we don't, I don't, here on my phone, then it just sounds unprofessional. I made it through without any any belching. How's that? That's a, a minor triumph on this Sunday. Hey, listen, folks, uh, great guest lined up next week. Look forward to talking to you. Thanks for our sponsors. If you want information on how to sponsor this show, for goodness sakes, contact me. We've got rates that are unbelievable, and what you get for what you pay for is even more unbelievable. And I'm not kidding. That's not hyperbole. It's Chris, C-R-I-S-S, public relations, chrispublicrelations at gmail.com. All right, thanks for listening to Now See Here. And whether you're a liberal, progressive, green, libertarian, druid, conservative, Marxist, whatever you are, be kind to someone today. Thanks so much. Take care.